Welcome to Easier Movement, Happier Horses. I'm Mary DeBono, your movement and mindset coach. If you'd like to have flexible, balanced movement, a relaxed, confident mindset, and a joyful connection with your horse, you're in the right place. I can't wait to share what I've learned over the past 30 years of helping improve the performance and partnership of horses and their humans. Thank you so much for being here. Now let's dive in. So a number of years ago, I was walking my horse Breeze through a gate. And on the other side of a gate of the gate was this side of this outbuilding. It was like a like a tack shed kind of a thing. And the outside wall had been kind of like whitewashed. And I knew from prior experience that if you brushed up against that wall, you would have this white, whitewashy kind of thing, not quite paint, but this dull white um, thing on you. So anyway, as I'm leading my horse through and I had to turn around and close the gate, I say to Breeze, don't touch that. And I kind of point to the wall. So what does Breeze do? He immediately walks over and puts his nose on it and he was left with a white nose. Now, you may think, well, he was just being silly or I don't know what you think. Well, why would he do it when I just said, don't do it? Well, of course, he doesn't know what the word don't means, but he knows what touch means. So I had taught him some years before, I would say, touch, you know, I would use the cue touch to have him put his nose on something, whether it was a traffic cone, you know, a target stick, whatever we were playing with. And I would often say, go touch, like, so that, and then he would trot or canter over to whatever I pointed to and he went. So here I was thinking I was, you know, telling him, oh, I, I don't want him to touch that. So don't touch it. Right. And it was just a silly moment for me because I obviously wasn't thinking. And of course, all he heard was touch. Right. I, that means I need to go over and touch that. So it was just a fun little um, illustration of how horses don't know the meaning of don't. Okay. And the funny thing is, as humans, yes, we can consciously understand what don't means. Like, I don't want this. I don't want that. But there's also a part of us, a part of our brain that just hears the other part of that, that kind of leaves out the don't. So for example, and you've probably heard this one many times, just say a person wants to lose a few pounds, right? So if they focus on, oh, I don't want to feel heavy, right? I don't want to feel chunky or whatever their their words are. What happens is the brain actually grabs onto that, onto feeling heavy, feeling chunky, and that's what it gives you more of. Or a person that's maybe um very tuned into, you know, wanting to eat in a healthy way, but they but they don't couch it that way, right? They don't, they don't verbalize it that way. And they're in their, they're saying to themselves over and over, Oh, I don't want to eat that junk food. You know, like, why did I eat that ice cream? And they're focusing on what they don't want instead of what they want. So just like me saying to Breeze, don't touch that wall. And of course, he immediately does. It's like we're, we're doing that with our brains, right? We're saying what we don't want. Um, maybe you don't want to feel stressed. You want to feel calmer, but instead you think about, oh, you know, this traffic is making me anxious or something at work is making you anxious. And you focus on, again, what you don't want. Not a good strategy, as Breeze so aptly demonstrated, not a good strategy. 
So, you know, we have this part of our brain called the reticular activating system that kind of acts like, um, almost like a Google search bar for us. Like whatever we pay attention to, it will bring more of that into our lives. Okay. And so again, if you focus on what you don't want, that is what your brain will bring more of to you. How does this show up for your horse? So what happens is, so let's let's relate this to your horse. Let's think of something you don't want about your horse. Like maybe there's a performance issue, there's a behavioral issue, maybe it's uh, something to do with your horse's health or soundness, right? There's something you want to change, right? You want to improve. Now, if you simply focus on the problem, okay, the thing you don't want that won't necessarily be such a good strategy. And I'm going to give you a much, much better remedy for this. Because what you'll be doing, if you just focus on the problem, whatever the problem is, the thing you don't want, that it's like, it feels like a struggle. You're, 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 you're kind of fighting it, right? You're trying to fix it, right? And that's really not usually the best strategy with your horse. So let's, let me give you an example. Just say your horse is is a bit, you would say, you're going to use the word stiff to the right. Well, my horse doesn't bend as easily to the right. He's a little stiff to the right. Maybe that's the, that's the thought you have. So what happens when a lot of people feel this way, right? They, they start to actually kind of insist that their horse bend a little bit more to the right. right? Maybe they use stronger aids. Maybe they change their bit. Maybe they put on a spur. You know, they do something. They use more leg they use more outside rain, whatever the case may be, they start to do more strongly, right? Like, like, I'm going to like, make this happen, I need to do something forceful to change this. And that's a really great way to erode your horse's trust in you. Okay, if if your horse is finding it difficult, and what you do is you rely on using greater force, that's not really a partnership, is it, right? You're treating now your horse as an adversary and something that you're, you know, that you have to force to make happen. You have to force your horse to to do this, okay? Not a great strategy. And if you think about it too, when you start to use more effort, right? You put on, like, you start to feel like, I'm gonna use more leg and more rein and more this, more that, right? Very often the feeling of tension in your body increases, right? And you reduce your sensitivity, you reduce your feel. Feel is such a crucial part of being a horse person, right? That is uh, the one of the most necessary ingredients, right? To be a good horse person is to have a developed sense of feel. You reduce your feel when you start to use more effort, when you get harder, Right? And then you just bring it up as like a, uh, that riding is difficult, right? You start to get that impression in yourself, in your brain, in your, in your horse, right? And that often makes us feel stressed and anxious too, and maybe frustrated. And these are all feelings that your horse picks up on. So, you know, the other thing is, and this is what I always think is, is not really funny, funny, but when here we are thinking like, I want my horse to be more supple. And that's what you're hoping for that lovely feeling of harmony and suppleness in your horse's body. But you're not embodying it yourself, right? If you're thinking like you have to use more effort and, you know, stressing and straining over this, you're not embodying that in yourself. And therefore, it'd be very difficult, if not impossible, to transmit that feeling to your horse. Okay, so just 
upping your effort will most likely backfire. Okay, so again, you're focusing on what you don't want, you're trying to override it, you know, you're trying to overcome it with force, right? Not good. Always remember that you and your horse are what I call an H squared system. So if you think horse and human, whether you're on the ground with your horse or in the saddle, whenever you're together, you are not just a separate human and your horse isn't just a separate horse, but you create like a system. You each influence the other in very real ways. So I call H squared for horse human. So what what you're feeling, your horse is picking up on and vice versa. So we have to be really cognizant of this. We really need to get to become really aware of what we're focusing on. And if we're trying to think about, you know, if we're thinking, I should say, about something that we don't want and trying to overcome it, let's, let's, let's have a different strategy. So in this podcast episode, I will share a much better strategy. So let's start with thinking about what you do want to experience, okay? Instead of what you don't want your horse to feel stiff, what do you want? Let's start there. Maybe you want to think like, I want my horse to feel supple, relaxed, and, you know, moving in harmony with me. Your first step is to think about how does that feel in you? How are you breathing? Are you embodying this feeling of suppleness and relaxation, like responsive relaxation or responsive readiness, as I call it? Can you reduce any unnecessary tension in your body and in your mind? Can you wiggle your toes? Can you smile? So really think about how you can experience that now. Despite whatever your horse is doing, can you embody this feeling of suppleness and relaxation in yourself? Think about something that's maybe super small, super small, tiny thing that you can do right in this moment with your horse to engender, to promote a feeling of ease and suppleness, okay? What would help you feel more in harmony with your horse right now? So let's go back to that uh, example of bending right? Can you ask for the tiniest bend, the tiniest bend so that it feels easy to you and your horse? Maybe it's just the thought of a bend. Maybe it's like just just imagining that you're starting to ask for a bend. Maybe that's all you can do that feels easy to you and your horse. But this is so important. It has to feel easy, okay? Easy and pleasurable. So imagine, okay, so stop for a moment imagine asking for the bend. What happens in yourself? Do you hold your breath? Many, many times people when they're just simply imagining something that that they normally find difficult, like again, if we're using just this is just one example, we'll go over some other examples too. But this example of oh, my horse is stiff to the right, when they even think about asking for a slight bend to the right, they, they hold their breath, right? Or their breathing gets very shallow and quick. They do something that signals this is difficult, right? And then unfortunately, that's the signal they're giving their horse. And that also may change how they're sitting on their seat bones. Now they suddenly make it more challenging for their horse. So they're contributing very much to the problem. You want to make sure you're not doing that, okay? This is where it goes back to sensing yourself, feeling what's happening in yourself, having that level of awareness that you know what's in your your happening in your body and your your mind 
as you're asking your horse for this. Again, let's go back. We're going to ask for just maybe the idea of a bend, right? Think about that. Because really, all when you start to do a movement, any movement, so whether you're riding and there's movements you're doing, whether you're on the ground doing something, whether it's yourself alone or with your horse, we can only improve a movement at its initiation point. So in other words, at the beginning of the movement, once we commit to doing a movement, we're using a sense of effort and we're already getting there, right? It's very difficult to change it in any meaningful way. Okay. We really can change the quality, the trajectory, the brilliance of the movement at the initiation. And for that, it requires you to do a tiny, tiny movement. So you become more aware of exactly how you're doing it. This is crucial. Okay. You have to really break things down, chunk them down into tiny, tiny steps so you can feel what you're doing. Then you could build it back up and you have your bigger, you know, more powerful movement, okay? The speed can increase, the size of the movement, the power behind the movement. But in the beginning to improve, it's best to start really small and slow, okay? And then you can feel all the nuances of the movement, and you can also then feel your horse's responses. So you're you're using aids, you're giving your horse cues. You need to be aware of your horse's responses, the subtle, subtle responses. If you ask by shouting, so to speak, right? If you're shouting with your aids, right? You won't be able to feel your horse's subtle, but very important responses. And therefore you won't be able to support your horse in the best way. So again, tiny, tiny cues, tiny asks are what's so important. And again, this will also give you the ability to notice how you may be, may be contributing to your horse's difficulty, right? Maybe your legs are gripping, right? Maybe you're breathing in a way that signals difficulty or anxiety to your horse, right? Maybe your shoulders are up around your ears. All these things will, will make things more difficult for your horse. So, you know, over the years, many people have told me that their horse has difficulty bending in one direction or the other. And so much of the time, I found that the issue was the rider herself, okay, that there was an imbalance in her, the way her weight was distributed over the horse, the way she used her legs, the way she used her trunk. I mean, all these things oftentimes can be traced back to the rider. Okay, so this is really, really important when you slow down and ask for a tiny move, right? A tiny, use a tiny, tiny aids, we'll call them tiny aids. Um, you will feel what you're doing in your body so much more clearly and you'll be able to feel your horse as well much more clearly, which by the way, if this is you, because it's, it's always us, let's face it, I have a free little, um, Rider Masterclass, I call it. It's three videos that are super, super important, super helpful, 15 to 20 minutes each. If you go to marydebono.com forward slash rider, you can get them there for free. Okay, no cost. It'll be in the show notes. So if you didn't quite get that, it's in the show notes. So we use this chunking down strategy all the time in the Feldenkrais method. We take sometimes a very complicated movement and really break it down into tiny, tiny bits, okay? Really, really small things so that 
each piece feels easy. And then we can bring the pieces back together. But it's very important that you do this so that it feels easy and pleasurable, okay? And again, sometimes this can only be done in your imagination at first, right? Actually doing a movement with your horse might be difficult. That's okay, okay? You start to create those new neural connections when you clearly imagine it. And when I say imagination, it's not like you're just watching a picture of yourself. You are actually feeling it in your body. You're feeling yourself. You're feeling your horse using all the senses, okay? So it's a really like technicolor kind of a experience, right? It, it's a, I guess you'd call it maybe virtual reality now, something like that, but really, really use all your senses, okay? What's important is that it feels easy. And now once it feels easy, so you do this first step, whatever it is, whether you're doing it in your imagination or doing a tiny movement, and then you celebrate that, you feel good about it, you did the movement, it felt easy, it felt pleasurable for you and your horse, celebrate, okay? Celebrate. Now, this is important. This is an important step. We want your brain to start sending out those feel-good chemicals, right? Those wonderful neurotransmitters, all the all the good stuff, so that you get like bathed in this good feeling. This will help your brain say, this is important. This was great. This made me feel really good, me and my horse. I want to do more of this. And this will ha- is how it will expand. This is the opposite of focusing on what you don't want. You're taking a tiny bit of what worked, right? T- tiny step that felt easy, that pl- felt pleasurable, that helped you and your horse feel great. And then you want to like re- emphasize that, reinforce it. So you do that by giving yourself a little celebration, like yay me, yay me and my horse. You know, something silly, smile, laugh, whatever. Just give yourself that moment of celebration. So let's let's use another example. Maybe you feel like your horse is lazy, that your horse just doesn't have a lot of get up and go, right? And that you feel you have to work too hard, right? It's really frustrating maybe to get your horse in, in a real forward state. I hear this story a lot. As a matter of fact, I'll give you a quick example. I do a lot of positive reinforcement. I do what I call liberty play with my horse Breeze. And I've done this for many, many years since I was a kid, actually, with horses and dogs doing this type of work. But I was doing, I, I had I had taught somebody uh, how, to, how to do this with, with her horse. And um, after she had a few sessions, she was doing great. And then some time had passed, a month or so. And then she contacted me and said that, oh, my horse isn't, isn't responding, you know, it's so different than your horse. I see what you do with your horse. My horse is just too lazy. My horse doesn't want to do this. And she said, I have to use the whip with him. And now she wasn't being mean at all. It was just little taps of the whip, just like an extension of her arm. It was not, she wasn't hitting or beating her horse. And she said, even then the most I'm getting is like this slow jog. Like I don't have this, this brilliance and this fun and this enthusiasm that you have with your horse. So I said, okay, let let me, let me come see what I can, you know, what you're doing. And one thing that I noticed was that she was, when she was working with her horse, her timing was off. Okay. Her timing, the way she was delivering the rewards were, were off. And sure enough, the horse just did not want to do much. Okay. The most she got was, and again, using the whip to tap, tap, tap lightly, she got a little slow jog, but that was about it. And also the horse would only go would only be on one side of her, wouldn't do, he wouldn't do the other side, et cetera, et cetera. So I said to her, okay, let me give it a try. 
And um, I, the first thing I did was I took the whip and, and threw it outside the arena. And she said to me, oh, he'll, he'll never move without the whip. Like, you have to be holding that and using it. Like, he will, if he knows you don't have the whip, he's not going anywhere. And I said, no, because she said, I, I could never get him to canter, like, at, at Liberty. So I said, no, 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 he'll canter, he'll canter. Well, I lied, actually, because he didn't canter. He galloped, but I'll tell you how. So right away, I went into the arena and I didn't do any big movements or anything, but I just had this sense of enthusiasm and real joy in movement in my own body. I, I, I love to move and I was just feeling that and I'm walking around with this horse. And of course, I have a lot more experience than this person does. So I, my timing was better. So I was rewarding him at the appropriate times and things like that. And pretty soon he's, he's, walking briskly with me. He's trotting with me. He's going on either side as I ask him to. He's going around barrels. He's doing all these things. And then I decide, okay, now it's time we're going to get a little canner in here. And we both took off and he started galloping. And it was, and then of course my timing was spot on. So he got a big reward and he's like, this is awesome. Let's go. But the bottom line is, and this isn't an episode to talk about positive reinforcement training because you really, really have to be immersed in learning that before you do it. So please don't go and start giving your horse treats without knowing what you're doing. Um, but it can be very, very effective. So so here I was, we were just, ha- the two of us were just having a ball. And the owner of the horse was just, her, her you can just see her, her, she was just blown away. And she said to me, like, I can't believe that. I've never gotten a canner and you got a gallop and you didn't have the whip with you. So, but again, it's, I was embodying a completely different state. And yes, technically, I also had better mechanics, better timing and things like that when to reward him. But it was a, he, he was the same horse, right? And it happened to be a hot summer day, which was working against me. But nonetheless, he, he still did it. So, th- I, so what I'd like you to think about, if you have a horse that is more um, an energy saver, we'll call them. Maybe they're very environmentally conscious. That's a good thing, right? (laughs) We want to save energy. So maybe you have one of these energy saver horses. Let's think of how you can approach this, how you can think of it, number one, as a positive, not as a negative, not as a problem. Think about the possibilities now. So how could you tap into your, what your horse normally does? Well, there are probably times where even the laziest of horses, so so despite how lazy you think your horse is, that your horse does move readily on his own. That has some joy of movement. Maybe there's something that happens out in the pasture, maybe being called into dinner, whatever the case may be. But there's times maybe your horse is playing with friends, whatever it is, there are times when your horse does feel very good about moving, doesn't need any outside influence to coerce them into moving, right? They just start moving and enjoying it. So you really want to think about the times when your horse eagerly moves, right? How does your horse eagerly move? Now, can you bring up that energy, that sense of play, emphasis on play, right, in yourself? They find, by the way, that the top performers in sports have this sense of playfulness, that people that do that do a lot of like sports psychology find that, that the top performers tend to have that real sense of playfulness that they bring to the field, which is pretty cool. So think about that. How can you have more playfulness 
when you're with your, with your horse. So we'll think about this from the ground at first, okay? So how can you embody this feeling of joy and enthusiasm and playfulness, right? And just having have, having movement feel really easy and fun. And then what if you're there walking next to your horse and you could have your horse on a, on a halter and, and lead? Can you match your horse's movement? So if your horse is willing to walk next to you, can you match their steps? So maybe you just want to focus on the front legs. Can you match their pacing? And do that for a little bit and really get into this like rapport with them. How are they holding their head? How does their body feel? Like, can you really start to tune into your horse and start to just feel that in yourself? Like what if you were imagining, if you had this way of having some magical power that allowed you to feel what your horse is feeling, how would you embody that? Right? And just match their, the movements of the legs. Okay, maybe you want to do the front legs or the hind legs, but do what's easy. Right? So you start to do that. Now, what if you slow down a little bit? Whatever, this has to be very, very gradual though. You can't do this suddenly, like all of a sudden go from, you know, a walk to almost a halt, right? Do it slowly. Can you just go a teeny tiny bit slower? And does your horse then match your legs? And then can you go back to the original speed that your horse chose and go back to that? Then maybe can you play with increasing the speed a tiny, tiny bit? Can you start to play with this, this idea of, you know, you're kind of matching, mirroring, and then you increase or decrease. Again, I want to emphasize you have to do it gradually for this to work, okay? Tiny, tiny steps are the key here. And then when you feel that, when your horse did match you, whether it was slower or faster, celebrate that, feel good about it. Your horse will feel this. Your, this is contagious. You know, when you're around somebody that feels good, that has good news, right? You like start smiling. It just, it's contagious. Your horse is so sensitive and your horse will pick up on your mood, right? And feel that, that sense of, of celebration, of gratitude, all that good stuff. And this is something then that you can do from the saddle as well. Like just allow your horse to walk at whatever speed she chooses, and, you know, you're just feeling the swing of the barrel, the way each each leg moves, really, really tune into that. Allow your horse to like move you with their movement and really just get into sync with that. And then ever, ever so slightly, you can start playing with influencing that. Maybe you want to slow it before you speed it up. Do what feels easy. And again, you want to celebrate each of these tiny steps, okay? And you'll find, again, when you have this feeling of celebration, you get your brain then working for you to help you get more of this in your life, this feeling, right, to help you expand on this. It's going to help you come up with strategies, be more creative. And also your horse will feel, again, that sense of celebration, of gratitude, and they will feel more connected to you. They'll also feel safer. I mean, if you think about it, if you had somebody, whether on the ground or, or on your back, that was feeling like an adversary, like they were trying to force you to do things rather than meeting you where you are, supporting you, and in an easy, pleasurable way, influencing and guiding the movement. It would feel so completely different, wouldn't it? 
and it would be much, much more effective. So again, asking for tiny movements, tiny things can help you develop your feel and therefore help you develop your skill as a horse person. This is crucial, crucial stuff. You will learn a tremendous amount. I always remember this. I was so fascinated with this starting when I was a kid of when I was on my horse, just feeling how the barrel shifted from side to side, you know, how each leg came under. Could I feel that? Could I, could I tell when, when each hind leg was coming, you know, all these things. And could I, could I match that? Yes, of course, I, I was a jumper rider. I did all kinds of fun stuff at galloping and jumping, but I also was very aware of the nuances. And that served me very, very well and continues to serve me, this idea of being aware of the, the nuances in the horses, okay? I always say small things become big things. So let's really focus on the small things that we can influence and help them become good big things, right? And the other thing is I'd encourage you to let go of the idea of succeeding or winning when you're with your horse. Some people feel like that they have to like, well, I have to get this. I have to I have to do it this way. I have to win, right? I would really encourage you to, to really release that. Again, we want to be our horse's partner, not an adversary. So, okay. So let's go back to a riding example. So just say, for example, now you want to feel like, okay, I'm going to pick up this rein. I'm going to pick up my left rein. What is the tiniest movement you can do while having a little sense of contact with your horse's mouth? Think of this from a beginner's mind. What if you never, ever, ever had picked up the reins before on a horse? Any horse, not even just this one, any horse, right? Think of how, you know, think of the novelty. Your, your nervous system would be just be like, crazy overflowing with all these sensations, right? Of what it feels to be on a horse, picking up the reins. So embrace that, embody that beginner's mind. Imagine it was the very first time you were picking up the reins. What would that feel like? How would you be breathing? How would you be holding your hands? You know, have that sense of wonder, of awe, right? Of being on your horse. So it's really, really important. So one thing that I teach a lot in my clinics is I encourage people to, and this this doesn't mean forever, but to do periods of riding where they use what I call driving reins. In other words, you're holding their reins. It's the same bridle they're, they're normally using, but instead of the reins coming from underneath, usually in between the um, ring and pinky finger and then up out through the thumb, they actually come straight from the horse's mouth through the thumb and index finger and then out the bottom, the pinky side. So it's a very different way of holding the reins. It's like um, if you picture someone driving horses, they tend to hold like that or plowing with horses or something, right? Maybe Maybe you were long lining your horse, maybe you did it that way as well. So it's a very interesting way to ride because we have such strong habits about how we hold the reins. And when you do it your habitual way, right? Those habits come into play right away. And they may be actually minimizing or, you know, decreasing your feel, your sensitivity. So doing it this non-habitual way, and sometimes I even have people do one hand the driving rein and one hand their normal way. That really gets the attention of the brain. Right? But doing it this way allows your brain to really pay attention to 
pay attention to different nuanced things. So very, very helpful. You could be much softer with your hands and you really have a different sense of contact with your horse's mouth, okay? So that's something you might wanna do, right? Because again, habit, right? Uh, you know, the sense of it's familiar, right? That we tend to just get used to those feelings and that minimizes our ability to feel things. So we want we want to include novelty and variation. And again, with small, slow movements, these tiny, small steps we're talking about. So to summarize, let's think of how, how, what you can do. So say again, there's something you don't want with your horse, something you'd like to improve. We're going to throw out the word don't, Okay, we're going to throw that out and we're going to think instead of what you do want. Think about what you'd like to experience. What's the overall feeling you want to experience with your horse? Maybe it's connection. Maybe it's a feeling of accomplishment. Uh, maybe it's relaxation. Maybe it's joy. I mean, you you decide, right? And of course, it doesn't have to be the same one at each time. But, you know, right now at this time, you're going to go ride your horse or play with your horse in some way, some interaction. What is the feeling you want? And then how do you want to get there? Okay, maybe it's by riding dressage movements. Um, maybe it's going for a simple hack, just like a fun, safe trail ride. Maybe it's jumping a course. Maybe it's riding a, a raining pattern. You know, all there's all different right, ways, right? We can have fun with our horses. Um, maybe it's playing with your horse at liberty. Okay, I do that a lot with my horse. And for me, when I'm playing with my horse at liberty, I feel such a strong connection with my horse. And I'm also connected more strongly to my creative side, which is really fun. I, I feel like just to stay one step ahead of my horse, because he's so smart, like they all are, right? I have to be really creative. And that's really fun. So we always have this sense of play. And I say we because my horse seems like he's having so much fun. People always say to me that he seems so enthusiastic and just joyful when you're doing that with him. So it is really fun. So to me, that that's an intention, strong intentions that I have is this feeling of connection and play and creativity. So, and my horse is very creative too. He's, like I said, I always have to, it's, it's not always easy to stay a step ahead of him. He's often a step ahead of me. So what's a very small step you can take in that whatever activity you're choosing that day. So maybe it's, you know, uh, jumping a course, right? You have a, a jumper course set up, right? What is a small step you can take to improve, to enhance that feeling that you want? Has to be something that's going to be easy for you and your horse to do. Right? We want to promote this feeling of ease, of pleasure. That's what we want to associate the movement with, right? We want your brain and your horse's brain to associate ease and pleasure with that activity, with that movement, whatever that small step is that you've broken down. Again, maybe it's something you have to imagine first. So let's use the example, maybe you, you want to have a, a fun, safe trail ride. But maybe for you, that's not so easy. It's either either not so easy for your horse, maybe your horse finds difficulty with that, or um, you get anxious, you get a bit tense about it, right? whatever the case may be. One of you or both of you probably, right? it's not so comfortable to do. So it's not so easy to go on a simple, fun trail ride. What if instead 
you just rode your horse to the end of the driveway and back, you know, a tiny step. So today, all you're going to do is this tiny step, but you want it to feel easy and pleasurable. Okay, so you do that, you come back, right? You had this lovely, fun ride to the end of the driveway and back. Now, you could respond to that in a couple of different ways. One could be, oh, all I did was go to the end of the driveway. Oh, what a loser, you know, like, I can't even take my horse on a trail ride. Okay, that's one way of responding. Or you could say, yay, my horse and I went out to the end of the driveway and we felt great doing it. Which one of those scenarios, which one of those responses do you think your brain is going to want you to do more of? Of course, we know it's the second one, right? Your brain wants you to do more of what feels good. And right? it wants you to feel really, really good. So that will help you get better and better at that activity. So make sure you celebrate even the tiniest step you take towards what you want. Very, very important for you and your horse that you feel the sense of celebration, of gratitude. And again, that will help your your brain give you more of that so that you and your horse do feel great. That is ultimately what we want, right? So just let me give you the four simple steps before we wrap up here. Number one, step number one, identify what you want. What's the experience you want to have? What's the feeling? So what's your intention, right? Think about the feeling though that you want. This is important. And then step number two, check in with yourself. Are you embodying that feeling? It's very difficult, if not impossible, to transmit it to your horse if you're not embodying it yourself, okay? So notice that. Release any unnecessary tension in your body or in your mind and focus instead on being balanced and comfortable and joyful and and the feeling of ease and pleasure. And step number three is ask, how can this feel easy? What's the... even tiniest move I could make in the direction of what I want. Find the littlest thing that's guaranteed to feel easy for you and your horse. Again, that may only be a a thought, right? You may have to imagine doing it. That's perfectly fine. Okay. Now, and notice how you breathe when you imagine it. So all along the way, you want this to feel easy and pleasurable for you and your horse. So what do whatever size of the movement that allows it to feel easy and light. Remember, when you do less, when you use less effort, you feel more. So focus on the quality of the movement, not the size of the movements, the quality that counts. Okay, step number four, celebrate your success. I don't care if you just did it in your imagination. Yay, you. Okay, celebrate your success. Like feel good about that feel good that you and your horse were able to have a a quality movement, okay? Whether it was the little bend, maybe it was matching your horse's movement, you know, asking for a little decrease in speed or increase or going down the end of the driveway, whatever it was, picking up a rein with a real light touch, whatever it was, celebrate this, right? We want the brain to say, yes, we want more of this, right? That's what's going to allow that to expand. So you're, you will keep improving. Very, very important. And have this sense of fun about it, of playfulness. That's another way 
Again, this feeling of celebration or play or fun is what gives your brain the impetus, the motivation to help you get more and more of this. So again, focus on what you want. Take tiny, easy, pleasurable steps to get there. And most of all, have fun for you and your horse. Okay, thank you so much for joining me. I'd love to hear about how you integrate this into your into your own life. So either join me on Facebook, we're over at Happy Healthy Horsewomen, or email me, mary at marydebono.com. Thank you so much for listening, and I can't wait to talk to you again. Bye for now. Thank you for joining me for this episode of Easier Movement, Happier Horses. Remember to grab your free video masterclass for riders at marydebono.com forward slash rider. You'll get three easy, effective exercises to improve your back, hips, position, and posture. People love these videos. It's important for riders and non-riders alike. I'm Mary DeBono. Go have fun with your horses. Bye for now.